When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 437. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Fenak. Well, all, thanks so much and uh, uh, for, for tuning in. I'm sorry we had a little break there. Scott did a little traveling and I'm about to go again, but we didn't want to miss another show. You don't want to get too far behind. I think this is our first one in August. So, and the last, and the last in August. First and last, yeah. Um, it, it's sometimes tempting for us to take a little more time off, but uh, there's a lot happening. And uh, if you've been watching any of the uh, uh, net waves, I guess you call it, wouldn't be radio waves, wouldn't be listening to them. Um, anyway, there's a Web lot wave, going yeah. on about uh, SEO, and, and it's definitely high time for us to give you an update. Uh, thank you, Scott, for putting together some great, some great notes today. Um, I guess a quick side thing. How was your holiday? It was great. And there's one very small thing I want to mention that's not really relevant, but a little bit relevant. We were sitting out looking at the stars, Lindsay and I, my wife, and we saw this, this string of lights shoot across the sky. And we were like, what's that? Because it was in a distance, right? It kind of, we kind of thought it was the Northern Lights because we were supposed to be able to see them that night, which we didn't, go figure. But we're like, is that the Northern Lights? Because you couldn't really tell. And then it got closer and closer. We're like, wait a minute, what is this? It was like this, a whole bunch of lights, like maybe like 20 lights. And it looked like a Christmas string above the clouds. It was crazy. And then we're like, what the blank is that? What what the blank is? I think we said it like 100 times. And it got closer <laughs> and it's going faster and faster. And it's like, why don't I have my phone? And she freaked out, ran inside, grabbed her, grabbed her phone, went to the front yard because that's sort of the direction the lights were going and we never saw them again and no. she's like we, we were literally worried that they were aliens like <laughs> legit the first time in my life i legit thought i saw alien <laughs> spacecraft and so then of course, this was oh i don't remember it's a few nights ago anyways um and so thursday we're like night, thursday night my uh, family or my friends were coming to the cottage where we were staying and uh well it's their cottage we were waiting for them and they saw what you're talking about. And yeah. it was actually, um, they believe it was space garbage or something coming through. I, what I did, I did actually look it up and I did find out exactly what it is. Ah. So I, the first thing I did was do a Google search of, uh, I think I actually said WTF, but you know <laughs> what it actually stands for are these lights in the sky. And Lindsay actually referred to them as a space worm. She described it as a space worm and the kids are going crazy. Like, why are you, it's not a worm anyways. <laughs> so and I found a ton of posts of people asking the same question. It's like all over the place. Yeah. And what it is, is it was Elon Musk and Starlink. Uh, and when they launched the satellites, I guess they launched them together. And then over time, they spread out across the sky. 
Um, and so then it was less scary when I knew that it wasn't aliens coming to destroy <laughs> us all. But of uh, course, you went glasses half empty. But anyway, oh, of course we did. Well, we didn't know what it was. We had to explain it, right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, it could be aliens, but it could be good. It, yeah. Yes. So if you if you Google search Starlink satellites and you know or Google it or YouTube it or whatever, there's tons of videos of them shooting across the sky and videos and. It's, it's, I'd never, I don't know how I'd never come across that. I see everything online, I feel like, and I'd never seen that before or knew that they were launched that way. Or <sighs> I was envious. I wish I'd seen it. it, it they'll come by again. Apparently, they came by a couple days after that as well. That uh, I think my sister said she saw them, but well, he's launching thousands, isn't he? I never, anyway, there, I actually found a map, a real time map of where they are. It's a 3D map. I'll send you the link. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes if people care. And um, there are about 2,500 of them in the sky currently. Wow. It's crazy. And watching it on the map is actually kind of fascinating. It's quite interesting. <laughs> well, I find it. Well, that was a more of a side than I thought, but that was cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Sorry. I rambled there. So everyone listening, this is the Elon Musk Starlink show on SEO 101. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so cool. So uh, let's start with some, well, pretty much the news of the day, uh, news of the week, news of the month, could be the news of the year, depending on how it rolls out. Uh, Google's new, and I love how they call it this helpful content update <laughs> um, is rolling out. Is it next week? I believe it's next week. It was supposed to be this week, the week ah, of the 22nd. Good. I I haven't seen signs of it yet, but that doesn't mean it hasn't started. I've heard there are some signs somewhere. I just didn't know that I, that was pre-rollout or what. But um, anyway, there is significant assumption, because <laughs> it's all assumption at this point, that it's going to be as significant as Pandas, uh, the big Panda update that changed the way we do SEO. Um, now, with that said, it's about creating content that's helpful for your web, like helpful for people. And if you don't have any helpful web content, um, it's going to now not serve you well. Now, either I'll be ignored or because it's a site-wide um signal, if you have too much of it, it'll actually diminish your site-wide rankings, which is a big concern, a big, big, big concern. And, um, you know, back when Panda came out, uh, it was devastating. Some people like, uh, that was around the time, I think, just after or before Florida and Florida, when it came out, it ruined lives. Apparently it was a billion dollar loss of business. Well, that, like, so much money was lost. And that was right before Christmas, if I remember right, which is extra bad. <sighs> it was horrible. And I can imagine there's people out there today that still hate Google for what they did then. Cause that was unmitigated horror. Um, anyways, in my opinion, it is not going to be nearly that impactful simply because Google's gotten a little smarter about how they roll things out. They do things softly now, I think because of that damage. Uh, I think they, well, they should by now know just how much power they have and how they can ruin lives <laughs> by how they, yeah. they launched this out. Um, but yeah, I just sort of encapsulated it here, but I know there's some notes you got here. So what's some, what are some of the details, Scott? All oh, right. Well, you mentioned there it is a site-wide algorithm, so that's important to know. A lot of these algorithms and, and updates, you know, if you have a bad page, you deal with that page and you're good. But this, you know, you have a few bad pages could affect everything. Um, one thing to note is subdomains should be considered separately. So, you know, if you have a number of subdomains, one might get burned. Well, hopefully not, but, you know, it won't affect your subdomains and expand to that. Um, probably. Uh, so, Danny Sullivan, it depends. Danny Sullivan <laughs> said, we tend to see subdomains apart from root domains but it also can depend on many factors. So 
there you go. Um, might help or might hurt. Submarines might not. Um, if you're hit by this update, obviously you're going to want to look at the quality of your content. We don't know to what extent that means yet. Uh, we'll learn that in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Uh, and it does sound like this is a uh, an update that will refresh regularly, but there may be a timeout or validation period. So if you do get hit, it could still take a few months to recover from it. So we'll see how that plays out as well. But um, not like some updates where you know you, you make your fix and you could see results within, well, even minutes in some cases. Uh, but you won't have to wait for a full new update, like say the product review update or, or some other major core update or something. So, yeah, I mean, I I worry about how well they've built this. I mean, I, I was thinking about our own site. Uh, we don't publish a lot of articles anymore, but we publish show notes, and we publish some of the links from within within that. Will they consider that helpful? I think it is. Uh, well, that's just yeah, it too, knows? right? It's a lot of, uh, it's kind of subjected to interpretation. Like just because we think it's helpful, will Google think it's helpful? And maybe it rightfully is, but does the AI see it that way? Like, Yeah. And what maybe. Google thinks is helpful, I'm trying not to swear, <laughs> whatever. You know, they're going to be honing this. It's going to be full of BS the first round, almost always. They're going to have so many holes um, and hopefully there'll be enough people yelling at them that they'll go, oh, yeah, all right, that's fine. And they'll start to hone the algorithm and make things better. Um, so, you know, they said that um, if you are concerned about things, um, either wholesale or move unhelpful content, <laughs> like hell, like yeah. I, I, I would not do that unless you're absolutely sure you've got garbage on your site. Don't go and remove it all. I mean, that's, that's acting too swiftly and playing to Google's game. And, and, I, and I do not recommend that if you're losing your shirt, maybe, you know, that's an extreme example, maybe then, and you have some certainty you've got garbage. Well, sure. Remove it. Maybe just disable it. Um, and then you can start to slowly bring it back. If you think it had some value and Google's just didn't understand yeah. it. Uh, these ones scare me and they infuriate me. Um, but we'll see uh, anything that is based on Google's guesses through AI gives me the willies. You just never know how it's going to play out. And I don't know but we'll find out. We're going to find out pretty soon too. <laughs> we will. And right on time for my holiday. Thank you, Google. Perfect. Oh man. It's just going to be a nightmare on Monday. It's just, <laughs> everyone's going to be calling you Ross. Ross, help. <laughs> why, why they'd call you and not me, I don't know. But they're going to yeah, call yeah. you because I'm going to say, talk to Ross. I can't help you. I will make sure it's forwarded to you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my vacation responder on even though I'm home. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, what's next here on the news? Yeah, so as soon as this update is over, there's going to be the August product reviews update, which I find incredibly odd because the July one just wrapped up at the beginning of August. So it'll actually, the product review update will lapse across twice, two different updates in the same calendar month. A um, little update on the fourth one. There's not a lot to say here, but a little update. Uh, that one ran between July 27th and August, or sorry, 27th and August 2nd. And apparently it was very minor according to all the data providers like uh, SEMrush and uh, Rank Ranger and similar web. Uh, some sites did have a major impact, but really I didn't see a lot of, People freaking out about that. Um, not a big deal, really, it seems. Uh, and the fifth update will just sort of, 
who knows? It hasn't started yet. But if you know your product review site, you definitely want to pay attention to that. And we've talked about it to death in a number of other shows about what to do for product review stuff. So maybe take a look at one of those, but just make good, high quality, unique reviews is sort of the gist of, of what you need to be yeah, doing there. So. Actually do the reviews. Don't regurgitate other people's reviews and show images and show videos yeah. and make it undeniable that you did the review yourself and you're offering value. When? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this for a decade at least. But really all, con- all content should be like that that you create. Exactly. Yeah. This is why we do authority building plans for clients. We want to make sure that whatever content they're going to write, they can sit down and go know what to write, first of all, but also know that this content is based on other content that's done really well in different verticals or the same, but in different parts of the world. Uh, you know, it, it just don't reinvent the wheel. Make sure that when you're writing, you're going to write something that's good and then invest in that writing and do it so well that these kind of updates are pff, whatever, water off a duck, you know? Yeah. And in most cases, I hope our clients feel that way too about this, but I I mean, not to pat our own backs, but I feel like when there's a big Google update, almost all of our clients always survive it unscathed. Not, not a hundred percent of the time, you know, there's certain updates that do certain things, but almost entirely, it's not a big deal. So yeah. And it's, if they don't, it's usually a client that is very large and has worked with other firms in the past or has a huge history and has decades of content that we haven't had any active participation in. Not, yep. Again, to, to take all the guilt from us, maybe we should have noticed that or who knows. But the point is, um, no one's perfect. And some sites do get knocked a bit around by these. Yeah. So Google rich results. Um, I didn't I didn't actually see this. So let me know what's up here. Yeah. So not a big one, but just sort of a bit of a change in what we're seeing in the SERPs. Uh, Rank Ranger actually reported it uh, near the beginning of August there. And I would have mentioned it in the last show, but we didn't have that last show. So <laughs> I figured it might be worth mentioning here. Uh, there's been a, a reduction in the number of FAQs appearing in search results where uh, people also ask results are actually increasing. So just sort of a note there. Um, so this started at the end of July and they've been seeing this change over rolling into August. Uh, a really quick summary of what the difference is between people also ask and the, and the FAQ rich snippet. So people also ask, you'll see it under the heading, people also ask and a number of questions and you can expand it. And I'm sure everybody's familiar with what people also ask are. Um, whereas the FAQ rich snippet is often, it appears more like site links underneath an individual SERP listing for a website. So those site links of sorts that link to the individual Q&As found within a site um, are what we're seeing fewer of, whereas the people also ask is increasing. So um, if you had those FAQs, which I have a few clients that do, you know, we might see some action from there in terms of less traffic, potentially that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, maybe try to get in that people also ask. I've got a couple quick tips here on how to do that. Um, you know, first of all, we just talked a whole bunch about this, create high quality content. Um, in this case, you want that content related to questions that you want to rank for, be listed in the people also ask for. Uh, make sure you mark up that content with schema appropriately. Uh, FAQ pages can help sometimes, FAQ page markup. Uh, look for content that is ranking and work to create better answers to those same questions. Kind of a no-brainer, but maybe not. Or you could create content that is highly relevant to those questions and hope you appear amongst them, not necessarily stealing a spot, but adding to the list. And, and then this was an interesting one. I, I don't know where I saw this. It might have been on Search Engine Roundtable or somewhere else. 
but it was consider using the same formatting for your version. So if, if there's somebody that's doing really well and that people also ask box and they have a video or maybe they're using tables or, or bullets or something like that, follow that trend, use that same kind of formatting in those same styles. And you, you might have a better chance of getting there because really if, if Google's showing a video to an answer to a question, you know, there's a reason that maybe they want a video there. And so why not create a video if it makes Don't sense? Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I was going to say, or on the flip side, if it's only text, maybe add a video, maybe, maybe you'll get a boost there, but you yeah. kind of co copy the formatting that's being used. Yeah. And competitor, this is just a good, another good example of competitor monitoring. Uh, a lot of the services like say SEMrush or something like that offer the ability to do competitor monitoring and, and yeah, Hey, I'm guilty too. I don't check it very often, but if you have it set up so that you do, um, even just check once a month, what's going on? What are they doing? Oh, interesting. Pass that along to your SEO or pass that along, you know, be them, um, off, uh, you know, internal or external SEO and just to give them a little more ammunition, a few new ideas on what to do to make things better. Uh, I think sometimes, uh, SEO is like, uh, working out. If you're always doing the same thing, you're on the treadmill all the time, it gets easy, but your gains are lower. Uh, if you mix it up and start doing uh, the stair climber and then the bike, and then it's going to be hard. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs. So your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hard. <laughs> it's going to be really hard, especially in workout. Um, but when it comes to SEO, you get to get a little more exposure, right? And you try new things and, and it, it, it shows up, it shows up in the whole pattern of your site and the quality and, uh, it'll attract different users, uh, with different ways of learning. You'll have better chances of appearing in rankings that perhaps you never even thought of getting. And also you have a better chance of showing up in universal search results, the standard results we see these days, but with images or videos. And uh, it's just fascinating how much you can do when you, you, you think outside of the box or just do some different things that you've seen competitors do. Yeah. Very cool. Good. Some good tips there. Um, one of the things I saw recently, I wanted to share with any SEOs out there. I thought this was a, a good thing. It was all about 
ways of uh, getting through uh, potential depression, which we're all talking about, well, potentially economic depression right now, uh, that may be hitting next year or whatever, how to stay around, make sure that you keep that SEO going with your clients. And I was thinking about it myself. I'm like, it's a good point. It's something I should start thinking about even with our own clients. And I think it's really a good idea to be proactive right now and say, hey, let's set up a chat and talk about where things are going to be next year if things do get tougher. What can we be doing to help you reinforce your position, um, maybe reposition you in certain places or just position you in different places that we haven't done before that might get you some additional business and help you weather the storm? Um, it shows that you care which we do, and we really want to make sure our clients remember that. Um, and that you're not just, again, on that that uh, um, treadmill. You're not just doing the same thing all the time. You're, you're, you're really assisting them with their marketing. So just a, a little tip there for anyone who's listening. I think it's, uh, it's going to be helpful. And um, as my, uh, this is our 25th year, I've been doing this a while, and, I, and running a business is not easy, especially when these, little things come up, little things, you know, like depressions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've really got to be on top of it and I'm guilty of not being on top of it in the past. So, uh, learn from my, my mistakes and, and jump on it now, uh, make sure that you really show your value so that you're invaluable when things do hit the fan. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some Google search console updates. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. So Google Search Console has more updates, and I did read about this one. Uh, the international targeting report is being removed, or deprecated, as Google says, uh, from the Search Console. I don't know how much this is going to impact people because um, they're still going to... Uh, uh, allow you to see any issues with hreflang um, and stuff, at least as far what I, as I understood. So Scott, you, I know, probably did more research on this and you look at Google Search Console more than I yeah. do. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So yeah, they're taking it away September 22nd. So if you have uh, a website that focuses on multiple languages and hreflang is part of your your environment for your website, this might matter to you because the report is going to be gone. So you won't be able to see if you've got hreflang errors. Um, uh, John Mueller actually had said that uh, we're not planning on removing hreflang support from search uh, there, but there are many good hreflang checkers out there per page and across site. So my impression is that there will be nothing. If you oh, want to find yeah. out how your href is doing, hreflang tags are doing, and if they're correct, you're going to need another tool to do that with. Uh, search console is just not going to support it anymore at all. Although search will. Okay. So, so hreflang is still super important for your uh, appearance in search, but Google's just not going to tell you anything about it, which seems totally backwards these days. I don't know why they're removing it. Maybe it's highly um, CPU intensive. I, I can't imagine that there would be some other technical reason, but not sure, but it's going away. So if you rely on that report, you're going to have to find another tool to do that for you. Um, I'm not sure if SEMrush does that or not. I've never actually looked because it's been in search console. Um, Screaming Frog might report on some of those as well. Mm. Um, I'm going to have to personally find my own way of checking, although it's not a big issue for me. We don't have a lot of clients where this matters, but there are some. I was just so. looking at this because I was 
obviously I had misread it thinking that there was still the ability to see the errors, but, um, and then I was wondering why, why would they remove something that's helpful? It always boggles my mind. Well, I think John Mueller actually, whether he intended to or not, I think he might've answered that question. His reply to someone asking about this was, and to be honest, I struggled a lot with the hreflang report in search console. I think it was a good idea and useful, but the focus on indexed URLs meant that it was more of a quote, I did I do things right a year ago, unquote, rather than a live confirmation. Crawling yourself, crawling the website yourself is much more immediate. Hmm. So maybe that was why it wasn't as effective and really it's better to use these checkers. So that's interesting. I mean, I don't think that means they should have removed the report. Uh, but I don't know, there must be some reason for it. Maybe it does take cycles of, well, obviously it does. It takes some um, resources from Google. Maybe it was too intensive for what it offered. Yeah. So that's, you know, a new, a new feature dead or sorry, another feature dead. <laughs> yep. It's, they like doing that. Yeah. They like to mix things up and just when you need them, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and this next one, I, I noticed after I came back from vacation and I was like, what, what did they do? Where's this report gone? <laughs> um, so in Search Console, they have also simplified their reporting. So before you would go in and you would see categories like errors, warnings, valid and excluded. And that has now been simplified right down to indexed or not indexed, which I think I actually like it to tell you the truth. Usually I don't like any of their changes, but really like errors and more, why do they have to have their own tab? And it was kind of annoying bouncing back and forth sometimes. And um, so it's kind of nice. So you'll still see uh, which pages are indexed and not indexed. Uh, there's a new column added in the report below the chart that shows uh, the reason and the source. So uh, is a reason a page is not indexed because of your website or because of uh, a, a Google system reasoning. So for example, a page might not be indexed because your robots.txt tells Google don't index this page. So that would be your website saying don't index it. Or it might be because Google's found an alternative canonical that it seems to think is more important. So then it would say it's a Google system chosen reason. So, you know, I think it's going to be good. It's not a major change. Once you actually look at it, we can pick it up pretty quick and figure it out. But um, yeah, it came as a surprise to me because uh, it totally threw me off. And I thought, oh, my God, what's happening? Why is it? And then it was well, it's not a big deal. But I think it's, it's actually a, a good segue into the next part you had here about being indexed when they're not indexed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you want me to? Yeah, I'll go in yeah, there. Go for it. Yeah, so, the next one. yeah, so August 17th, Google had a bug. We need the bug section. I be, there are bugs so many <laughs> times. I say that every time, too. We need a bug section. We never actually do one. No. Um, August 17th, Google reported that there was a bug in Google Search Console that was reporting uh, pages as being indexed when they were not indexed. But you know about them, so why aren't they indexed? Anyways, um, the bug has been fixed. But if you're going through your Google Search Console results and you see any weird anomalies on or around August 17th, there's a good chance it was related to the bug. So, you know, if on the 18th, suddenly a whole bunch of pages are suddenly de-indexed, I would say don't panic. It's not something new, but maybe you should because they probably should be indexed and you might want to look into it further anyways. But um, the nothing has actually changed. Nothing's different from August 16th. It's just the bug screwed up all the reports and, you know, discount any anomalies you see on or very close to that day. All right. Well, just because there's not enough news yet about Google Search Console, 
Uh, there's actually a, a new, the new report, the video index report is now live for all. We did discuss this in a past show. Uh, essentially it, uh, it, okay, well, what it shows, uh, is going to show you, uh, what pages Google has identified that contains a video on your website, which videos are indexed successfully and any issues preventing videos from being indexed. These are for videos that are both hosted on your site and also embedded from other sources, such as YouTube, Vimeo, Wistia, you name it. So it is great that they see this and that the report is now rolled out to everyone. Um, I have yet to see any negative or positive reports about it, but that's because I haven't looked because I'm sure there are. <laughs> there always is, yeah. Yeah, everyone's fairly vocal in our industry. Um, have you, you know, we don't have any clients that specifically focus on video. So I haven't really looked at the report lately. H have you had a chance to take a peek? I haven't seen a lot yet. I did see one yeah. client who has a, a number of videos. It's not video focused, but they have a number of videos. And there were some that are not being included because Google is unable to determine which is the primary video of the page. That's the only uh -huh. error I've seen so far. So, uh, I can't comment much on that because this is new. So um, I'll get down to the bottom of that and figure out what it is that determines Google to see that video as the primary yeah. video. Can you and what specify that really which one's a primary? That's interesting. Yeah, I'm guessing it's going to have to do with maybe a heading leading into the video or some text surrounding it or puts primary above the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, is it not? Is it not red, yellow, and green, or blue? What am I? What are the primary colors again? Oh my god, yeah. I struggled with that. Yeah, um, I need to go back to elementary school. Um, who knows? I, so I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I was on holiday. So I've got holiday brain still. So I've got to recover from there. That. You go. There you go. Now, I feel like we talked about this next one on local SEO in the, in the past show, but maybe not. Um, it's time flies. Anyway, uh, Google business profiles uh, are being considered, you know, maybe subject to spam issues if you have duplicate photos, posts, videos, and logos within your content. So essentially they're looking for anything that devalues the Google business profile, which if there's one thing we've learned over the last while uh, in the local SEO field, it's that Google seems to put a lot of weight on how much you use and maintain your Google business profile. A lot being a rather laden phrase, but they seem to reward you for it. If you keep active in there, do posts, all this sort of thing, it's good. Well, now they're they're taking it to the next level and making sure that you're doing quality stuff. So they want to make sure there's no misspellings, problems with character use, garbage, gibberish, uh, any automated content, anything distracting. Uh, you know, they want to make sure that there's no malware viruses or other harmful soft, software being linked to and any scams, of course. Uh, there's a full policy we'll link to within the uh, the show notes that you can check out, give you a little in, a little more in-depth understanding of what they consider an issue. But again, not something you have to worry about if you're doing this all above board and doing a good job of creating content you know people will care about. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of simple, and that's when you when you follow those rules, everything's pretty easy. Just a lot of work to do that. That's all. The, the rules are often kind of a no-brainer, really, if you think about them and you look at what they are. And if you're above board, you're probably not going to do this stuff anyways. Yeah, but um, it's exactly. good to have them in writing and know that this is what Google cares about or doesn't care about. So, yeah, yeah, the only thing I can think of that might 
be a problem for even those who are trying to do it the best way possible is if you've used out any kind of outsourced service, sometimes the service themselves cut corners and maybe use the same images or same logos or um, repurpose portions of content to make things easier for themselves. So you might want to police that a bit now that you, you know, have some awareness of the issues that Google's looking for. All right, time for the Mueller files. Google Lens reporting. Now, Google Lens, what is this? Uh, this is the ability to take an image. Uh, you can take an image of anything using the Google Lens app on your phone. Uh, let's say a, a pen or, uh, I don't know, a widget, something you need, and it'll look for anything that's similar within its database of images. And that'll allow you to hopefully find a product if you wanna buy another one, find parts for it, find the part that you're looking for so you can order it. It's quite helpful. Um, I've used it a few times and it's actually worked fairly well. I honestly forget about it always, but <laughs> it's just <laughs> one of those tools that's there. Anyways, it has become more popular and some SEOs are asking if the traffic data from Lens will appear in Google Search Console. Uh, according to John, nothing is currently in Search Console to cover that. And quote, my feeling is it would need to be in a separate report and Lens is probably still too new to be in a place where it won't change significantly, unquote. New is debatable. I think it's been around a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, but I guess it's you know still evolving heavily, and uh, maybe the tech, the technology behind it is definitely changing. Even though the, absolutely, yeah, the interface has been around, and anything like that is always going to change. Uh, I can't imagine it ever stopping changing. I mean, there's just so much to it, and and it's cutting edge. Uh, so I like what they they include that out there um, and and make it available to the masses. Uh, it really stretches your mind about what can be done with search and what you could do with your business. Uh, it's a good example of uh, branding, ensuring that, you know, you have branding on products. Um, ugh, I'll get, I'm going to get off track here, but anyways, it, it, it is very cool. And you should try using it a bit on your own products. If you have some that you sell online um, and see whether or not you show up. And if they don't, maybe look into why. Why are you not showing up as one of the results for that particular shape that it took a photo of? Um, really want to rank for circles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was a lot. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, it's one of those weeks where we are catching up. And, well, you just never know what we're going to find. But I think that was a lot of value. And. On behalf of myself, <laughs> Ross, yeah, you see, I lose track. I'm, I have too many things on my brain here. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com, where you don't have to miss a single link and refresh your memory of a past show at any time. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air twice a month on WMR.FM. Great. Thank you for listening, everybody.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.